0: We had dinner, Tim, with uh, with Kirk and Cassie the other night, and huh? a whole bunch of potential topics came up for the podcast. So right. the indie gas stations was just one of them. The other one is is the pot smoking raccoons.
1: The what? I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. Did you say? Did he say pot smoking raccoons? Yes. <laughs> no <clears> idea <throat> what you're talking about. about Jim. You
0: said the raccoons have gotten huge. They're there all the time, and they smoke pots
2: okay how do we know they smoke pot
0: okay Jim had
1: quite a bit to drink no actually I didn't night. because dinner took so pos- long I didn't
0: have anything to drink
1: it's it was- possible that he heard things that you know and also a man of his age sometimes doesn't always hear things the right way especially <laughs> when he's been listening to loud music all his life so it's possible that Jim misheard something
0: A. do you have raccoons that are huge
1: I've seen raccoons that are huge I don't personally own raccoons that are huge. I didn't say you own raccoons. I said, A, you've seen... You said, do I have? What does it mean to have? It depends on what your definition of the word have is.
0: An infestation of giant raccoons all over your backyard. There's
1: there's no infestation. (laughs) I'm looking out there right now. I don't see a single raccoon. Of course. (laughs) I can't imagine what it was I said that you heard was pot-smoking raccoons. I'll have to go back and listen to the recording.
0: You know what you said? You said pot-smoking raccoons. That's what you said.
1: Oh, All right. Yeah, right. All right. All right. Yeah, right. All right.
0: Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Rocks? Rocks? What's... Come here for a sec.
2: What's going on? Do go, I need to see this?
0: No, no. I'm going to go to a neutral authority. Did Kirk or did not Kirk say that, that they had pot-smoking raccoons in their
1: backyard? I don't remember if that was specifically said or not.
0: He said raccoons.
1: Yes. Well, you know, maybe he did, because they raced out of there like they were caught or something.
0: Like they were busted for smoking pot?
1: Now, can I cross-examine the witness? Hang on. It's only fair. All right. Get
0: closer to the mic. What? Hello?
1: Go ahead, Kurt. Hello, hello, witness. (laughs) I just have a few questions for you. Oh, God. Okay. First of all, where were you on the night of December 17th, 2011? Um, Let's see. At which point? Your house and a restaurant. I see. You were at my house and a restaurant. And how would you characterize the restaurant? Was it crowded? It was very crowded. And was it loud? Very loud. is it possible (laughs) (laughs) now I know this is going to be sensitive and I don't want you to take this the wrong way but is it possible that being married to an older man the way you are I just want to know if you
0: said pot smoking raccoons that's all I want to know I can't hear what Kirk's saying right now objection
1: Objection.
0: he's objecting (laughs) I don't care I'm just bringing in a neutral third-party witness. Right, and I'm cross-examining
1: her, and I'm saying that you've got this crazy story, and I'm establishing that a man of your age couldn't possibly hear what you thought you heard in a restaurant as loud as you were in when said thing about pot-smoking raccoons is allegedly said.
0: But it wasn't at the restaurant. It was at your house afterwards.
1: I think we've uh, <laughs> we've settled on the fact that a man of your age can't be relied upon to remember anything.
0: It's 9:18 p.m. on Monday, December 19th, 2011, and that means it's time for yet another episode of the Medialoper Bebop. Tonight, clueless Congress people in the pocket of Hollywood could fuck up free speech on the internet forever. Also, Louis C.K. proves what you can do with the right business model. And finally, Barry Bonds is sentenced to house arrest. Was justice served? All that and what's in my mix. On Medialober Bebop episode 26, wash your mouth out with sopa.
2: Uh, Thank you.
0: (laughs) Hello again, everyone. I'm your host, Jim Connolly, and with me, as per usual, are Tim Gaskill.
2: Present and accounted for.
0: And Kurt Biglione.
1: Sponsored by... Pot-smoking raccoons. (laughs) Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA.
0: I am am sponsored by Lump of Coal Dark Holiday Stout. What? I thought you were... Is that what you're drinking? I drank that earlier. Oh,
2: I had Fuller's ESB.
0: This brew is as dark as it gets, as black as the lump of coal you'll be getting for Christmas. Because let's face it, you've been pretty bad this year.
1: You had the Chipotle Coffee Stout. I did, it was very good. Last
0: week, much of the internet paused and held its breath while the U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee met to discuss the Stop Online Piracy Act, a piece of legislation that many free speech advocates believe could pretty much end free speech on the internet. Kirk, what's so bad about trying to stop online piracy?
1: Here's the thing. We should have been talking about this every week for the last two months or more, but... We live in a world where the people who govern us are completely out of touch, not only with our culture, but with our technology. And if it's not this, it's going to be something else. Piracy is like terrorism. It's a catchphrase for passing bad laws that have a bad impact and, and, and uh, have... A negative impact on the individual while benefiting the large corporations who happen to be the donors. This is a general trend we're seeing in the way we're governed in the U.S. Uh, Piracy is, is these bills have been written or this bill has been written by lobbyists for the entertainment industry. And when they have a discussion about it, they rarely invite people who actually understand the technology. And when they do, they are confused by what the nerds have to say. And they object to any kind of technical um, uh, complaint about the nature of a bill that would prevent us from, you know, Developing a more secure internet, that's one of the things that will be stopped by SOPA, is the ability to create a secure DNS system. Oh, no, he said DNS. We can't be bothered to think about things like DNS when we're passing laws. (laughs) And yet, it's a fundamental underpinning of the way the internet works. And... (sighs) It's 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 not it's piracy is the code word that gets it this far. And then, you know, the thing that I'm offended by is that Republicans from Texas are being manipulated by the Hollywood liberal elite is what it comes down to. Exactly. The MPAA is taking control of the Republican Party. Obviously, they must be paying a lot of money. Who knows who they're paying it to? And SOPA is the ultimate example of how the Republicans are being co-opted by the Hollywood liberal elite.
0: So are you saying that the people responsible for this bill are just doing it because they're getting a lot of money for their campaigns? Well,
1: it's all about lobbyists and, and corporate funding of campaigns and, and oh, also, piracy is bad. We're losing jobs. Except that when you look at the income of some of the biggest um, copyright businesses, copyright industries, um, no one's have none of the top executives for Hollywood companies or publishing companies or music labels. None of them are taking pay cuts. If business is so bad, how come they're not tightening their belts?
2: Aren't books and movies doing pretty darn well?
1: Yeah. Despite piracy or maybe or maybe because, because of piracy.
0: Well, okay, so one of the one of the things they always talk about is that RIA will say we lost 40 billion dollars due to piracy. But what they never say is that all the downloads that people don't pay for and all the files that are shared or passed along between friends, not not every single one of those would have been a purchase.
2: No, the majority would not have been a... I mean, a ton of them would not have been a purchase. Uh,
0: I would... would And
1: and those numbers are completely invented anyway. No one can ever... When you try to trace back the source of those numbers and how they were calculated, it's circular. It never gets back to anything that is like a real-world calculation based on factors that might actually impact real revenue.
2: The thing with... Especially with music, I would argue that there is also... you know, obviously there is an overall um, <clears throat> kind of industry number that has gone down year by year with regards to revenue for album sales and everything. But the other thing is it seems to me that there is a there are so many more bands, genres and stuff that spring up all the time that things in, in one sense get the kind of the, the money gets spread out in different ways it's it's a totally different kind of dynamic than say the movie industry or well
0: let's explore that for a second because one of the uh, there's a couple of things going on here first of all music and, and and popular music isn't I don't I will argue that that for the the youth the people that actually drive the majority of purchases. Music isn't the number one single thing they care about in terms of spending their entertainment dollars on. So yeah, it's like the same thing with television, where the the overall viewership has gone down. There's more choices of what to do with your entertainment dollar. Therefore, the the dominant the dominant industries are going to lose.
1: Ghost okay, dollars. you're already you're already thinking about this way more deeply than anyone who's considering SOPA is thinking about it. <laughs> and, and they're passing laws that have an impact on the underlying plumbing that make it all possible.
0: For example, how?
1: Well, like, like the, the domain seizure, the control over DNS. The whole thing about logging and exploding what's logged and how long the logs are retained. and Everything about this is wrong. Logged.
0: I'm sorry, Tim, what?
2: He said log.
1: When the chairman of the committee says that there has been no reasonable objection made to this bill and admits that he doesn't understand the underlying technological implications and he gets testimony in the form of a written uh, objection from Vint Cerf, one of the creators of the Internet... (laughs) Right. And he, he brushes that away as, I don't know who this is, I don't know what he's talking about, but it's not a reasonable objection. <laughs> who would you say has a better idea of how the internet works? I can do what anyone can do.
0: Sorry. What was that?
1: That
2: was the game finishing in an ad coming up. Jim, one, two, three, Niners.
0: Niners.
2: Miners. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, we're done.
0: You know, Tim, Kirk's, trying, Kirk's worried about the end of the internet, and you're worried about a fucking late-season football I'm not game. really
1: worried about the end of the internet because there will be some underground internet. The internet can't be skilled, killed by stupidity, but the next generation could be outlawed. It's There's over. a related discussion here about the site that's popped up in, I think it's Germany, where they are tracking all of the publicly available um BitTorrent traffic and correlating IP addresses with downloads, and they're finding that um, people in people at the MPAA, the little office that is the MPAA, as well as people at companies that are represented by the MPA, and the same with the RIAA, are downloading pirated media through BitTorrent. <laughs> Jeez. And if SOPA is passed, these people are going to be kicked off the internet. (laughs)
0: Meanwhile, while all this is going on, comedian Louis C.K. decided to release a full-length concert video online for only $5. In interviews last week, he said that he wanted it to be as easy as possible, so you don't have to sign up for anything, and there's no DRM restrictions. He basically sent the price very low and asked people not to pirate it. And of course, while some did, he still sold an estimated 200,000 copies of it as of last weekend, which at $5 a pop is a cool million dollars gross. So we need to ask, once again, is this the new business model or just an anomaly that reflects his particular place on the pop culture ladder right this moment?
2: Well, I think it's not a new business model, but I think it's a model that obviously works. I mean, you know... Radiohead obviously did it a few years ago with their in, was it in rainbows? Yes. And it worked for them and I'm sure there was somebody before them that tried it as well. I'm not sure that, that was the first one to do that, but
0: It was the biggest one because they, remember it was the, the, the thing about the Radiohead was it wasn't even um it, it was, it was very,
2: totally the honor system you could pay what you wanted.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, so that was that was unique from that point of view. They made money from it. They got money. They um it was very successful, and I don't know why people haven't followed at least a similar model like that more often. I really don't.
0: But there is a but difference he, in that they released a physical edition eventually. Yeah, and, and I don't think Louis C.K. is going right. to.
1: Right, right. He We're might. Just, there's there's nothing to prevent him from doing that. It's, there's it's nothing not to prevent.
2: Him. But basically, as you said, Jim, this is this could be his model, and this works for him or whatever. And what I'm what I'm getting at here is, I don't know why a more people aren't doing this more often, and B, why why they're not crafting, you know, to- come up with a unique idea, a unique model or a unique product. I, I just think this is going to drive kind of creativity in, in the marketing and distribution and creating of the product. I think it's a great thing. I haven't seen the video yet. I'm sure it's good because he's a funny motherfucker, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I just, I really think... If, if I were looking at this as a performer, as a comedian, whatever, I would say, you know, this is my business model. This is what I'm going to do to take my career in my own hands and I can I can drive it the way I want to.
0: Well, and it's also response in a weird way to what, what we were talking about with music and with television and that in a niche world, if you can come up with a niche where you have, you know, maybe you only have, uh, half a million people who are really, really into you. But because they're really, really into you, they'll pay five bucks for your new thing. And if you lower your personal costs in terms of manufacturing and creation and distribution, then you can have a career marketing to just those people who like you you don't have to worry about the other 300 million or the other 8 billion people in the, on the planet
2: right right once you've established your audience you focus on them you market to them and you make it known through your facebook twitter whatever your comedy central appearances you make it known this is how you're going to be doing it and you yeah you just hit that you hit that home run every time
1: Yeah, so the same thing is happening in pretty much every form of media. And what it comes down to is delivering the product, producing the product in a way that it's a professional product and delivering it in a way that's professional delivery and having every aspect of the customer service and fulfillment process like totally nailed down, it turns out, is a lot of work. Yeah. unless you unless you cave and do something and like sign a deal with Amazon and go through them, yeah. but to do it on your own totally indie and do it good, which is what louis C k has done is a lot of work, and this is why we 're not seeing more people doing it right now as there still isn 't the kind of uh, turnkey platform where you Come with the product, and you 're ready to go and deliver it in all of these different possible you know channels and and um, you know even getting to the point where you 've done production is a lot of work. He spent what a hundred and a quarter like, million dollars he spent a lot of money producing this this was not a cheap production, and the website is very simple looks just like a blog, but underlying with the technology that you know, to, to do the fulfillment and do all of the digital fulfillment. And, you know, when a jerk like Jim forgets his password, <laughs> you, you have to remind him what the hell it was. And by the way, you do it caustically. Well, he was nope. on Reddit talking. He didn't ask me anything on Reddit. And someone asked him about what the experience was like. And he was saying that he could not believe how many little decisions had to be made to get to the point where you had the thing that was done, and how much impact seemingly little decisions had in the long term, and one the example he gave was the opt-in checkbox for the mailing list, and you know the web geyser at the last minute is like, do you want to opt in or opt out, and he chose to opt out, and the fact that he chose to opt out, opt opt-out by default gave him this instant credibility. He's not this guy He's just trying to get people on his mailing list. But that attention to detail extends to the kind of message you send someone when they forget their password. How did that go, Jim? Um,
0: it basically went, uh, I, I signed up at work, I bought the thing at work, and then I figured, oh, I'll go home and I'll download it to my computer at home. And so I got home and whatever the the password and the email didn't work so I went to the web I was on the website trying to log in to download it and so I clicked the forgot my password and there's another page just like on every other site that you you forget your password except for this one said, "Oh god, you're such an idiot. Give us your email address and we'll send you another password." And it was as simple as that. It was but 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 the "Oh god, you're such an idiot." made me laugh it was fucking hilarious Yeah,
2: that is perfect has anybody seen the video yet
1: not yet it's queued up on the apple tv because i can queue it up anywhere because it's drm free as it should be
0: and 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 he and that's one of the things he wanted yes of course it showed up on torrent sites of course it showed up on all the the different websites but the thing is is the people who are going to not pay five dollars for it and download and watch it are probably the people who wouldn't have anyway. And hmm. maybe the next, maybe they said, oh, you know what, I'm gonna watch the next season of a show. I'm gonna watch the, a previous season of a show. I might buy a DVD, I might buy the next one. So it's not like he's losing anything. In fact, he's he's gaining people this way.
2: Yeah, for what he, what he loses in uh, numbers, he makes up for in credibility.
0: not even that he what he loses in sales for this specific thing he gains is in potential future sales
1: oh there's no way he's going to lose anything in sales because at five dollars he's going to get he's going to get way more sales than he would ever get because this is going to have this is going to there are going to be several waves of people discovering this and and you know we aren't even to the wave yet of people who, who are vaguely interested in new business models for, for media, who have no idea who he is, who hear about it and go and say, $5, I'll buy it. Given what we've seen with the Louis C.K. thing, I would not be surprised if Amazon made a deal with him to do his next special. Right. Because this is what happened. This is what is happening with books. And I don't see why they shouldn't extend to other forms of media. If they could get into to be the preferred kind of media for music and video, um, anything they can do to, to slide in there and push apple out of the way is 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 a benefit for them so the relative cost of them doing those sorts of deals uh is is minor compared to what they're trying to achieve on the macro scale
0: right it's we're still at the point where this is only going to work for people with established audience you still have to get an audience out there and then you can market directly to them
1: well, define how you day. mean that, though. If you're talking about comedians, maybe, but what is an established audience? How big is the established audience? I mean, you could be a comedian who who performs at the um, Holiday Inn in Fresno every Friday night, and if you've got your audience and you've got a way to get to them, this is better than... The old way of schlepping around DVDs, and you've got then you've got it in a format where you know the 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 transition from Fresno to international is what is getting the link out there so people can download it, which right. is entirely different from the old model of getting into the distribution channels and everything else. You're a YouTube video away from becoming an international sensation.
0: Well, then why are we making a YouTube video?
1: Well, there's more. There's, there's, there's magic. And you, maybe, Jim, should talk to your pot-smoking raccoons and see if they've got some ideas.
0: First of all, they're not mine. They're yours. That's A. Did we,
2: did we ever get to the bottom of the pot-smoking raccoons? No. No. So basically right now it's an apocryphal story. Is that the deal?
1: No. So the only thing I've seen, yes it is. And the only thing I've seen during this discussion and Jim told me that I need to be diligent about reporting all wildlife sightings during this record during future podcasts. This is true. Is that I've seen two different possums walk by, but no raccoons. Last night, Rox and I were watching the
0: last episode of season 3 of Battlestar Galactica. It's the episode where they try Gaius Baltar for treason for his actions on New Caprica. And when, spoiler alert, Leodama goes into a speech about Baltar really being tried for crimes that they were all culpable for, simply because he's the biggest asshole of them all, I thought, hey, Gaius Baltar is just like Barry Bonds. Because, as we all know, many, many, many people did steroids, and many, many, many people lied about those steroids. And yet, Barry Bonds was the one who was tried and convicted for his lies. Why? Because he's the biggest asshole of them all. Is this right?
1: Are you comparing Barry Bonds to Christ again?
0: No, I'm comparing him to Guy's Baltar.
2: I think he is Gaius Baltar. I think it's a very accurate comparison. I
0: think ba- breaking Henry Aaron's home run record—it's the same thing as letting New Caprica and the entire Twelve Colonies being nuked by the Cylons.
2: Yeah, absolutely. What? What? How can you not see the the exact correlation? Right. You'd have to be, you know, blind not to see that. Or an uh, a, Or an Ace fan. Uh, or an A's
1: fan. Yeah, no, I get I don't even think I understand the question.
2: <laughs> you know, sacrificed certain things for the benefit of others. The quest-
1: this you're talking about again? The question is whether or some not. Some guy who's never going to be in the Hall of Fame? He's going to be sitting on the sidelines with, with Pete Rose?
0: And Mark McGuire? They, sh-
1: they should start some alternate Hall of Fame.
0: So, wait, Pete Rose shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Is that what you're saying, Kirk?
1: I never said that. I just said that the guys who can't be in the regular Hall of Fame should start some alternate Hall of Fame. I think that's the future. Pete
0: I Ro-
2: think that, yeah, Pete,
0: why not? Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. And, uh,
2: well, here's the thing Matthew about Shoeless
1: Homer. Joe Jackson. Here's the thing about Shoeless Joe Jackson. I know for a fact his shoes are in the Hall of Fame. Oh,
0: he's all. He, Pete Rose is all over the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame like a half dozen different places. Just not his. Just plaque. not him. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. See, he might have to live with that. Actually, that's what you get for betting on baseball.
0: I'll bet you're probably right.
2: Not that uh, I mean I not that, uh, that's a whole other subject matter, but you know he broke the cardinal rule so
0: but he was never a cardinal. He was a red and a filly.
2: He, was a, he broke the red and filly rule.
0: <laughs> and now it's time for In The Mix. This week, I talk about what's in my mix. First off, real estate are an indie band from New Jersey whose most recent album, Days, has shown up on many 2011 year-end lists, and if I was doing a list this year, this record would make it, just on the strengths of songs like this one, out of tune. It's a jangly guitar album that harkens back to the mid-80s classics by the Smiths, The Church, or The Feelies. Brownstein has been pursuing her post leader Kenny career with a vengeance, first with her agreeably low-key persona in Portlandia, and now with her rocker chick persona on the debut album by Wild Flag, an indie rock supergroup. Last week on Letterman, they just kill with the song Romance. This year i extolled the virtues of the british band yuck and their amazing self-titled debut album at the time i compared them to pavement and in that vein you remember how pavement always talked about how they were influenced by rem but you never really heard it in their music well on a b-side that came out after the album called milkshake yuck has put together a song that processes the melancholy that infused fables of the reconstruction through the fuzzy guitars of crooked rain crooked rain
1: sir just one more
0: thing one more thing Tim
2: one more thing this week we we lost Christopher Hitchens of course the uh, noted iconoclast the man who thought nothing of bringing down people like mother teresa, henry kissinger, bill clinton, etc. He was he was a great thinker, great speaker, great uh, intellectual. He had one big minor or one big major stumbling in his career to my mind and that was his uh, kind of open-throated support of the Iraq war, but other than that, you know, he was one of my favorite people to read and listen to and watch and you know, I've read lots of his articles in Vanity Fair over the years and I've read books by him and I've watched his appearances whenever I can he was he was he was one of a kind in many ways he was a british born american citizen in the end and he obviously lived a life that he wanted to live and it kind of caught up with him in the end but I don't think he had any regrets and the I think one of the most powerful things that he is going to be noted for his legacy, as it were, is also his support for being, you know, a total atheist and kind of, you know, bringing down organized religion in his own special way. God is not great is a is an excellent book, and I highly recommend it. And uh, so, R.I.P. Christopher Hitchens.
0: So, do you think that the 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 that 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 his Dennis Miller-like conversion to battling Islamofascism, as he called it, overshadows his other legacy as a, as a pretty. A uh, no, you know, left, left, left-wing thinker.
2: No, I mean he he maintains to the end that he was, he, you know, he was a leftist and everything, but he supported the he supported the bringing down of the dictator Saddam Hussein and kind of at all costs. Know, but at all costs, and I think part of the thing was that was consistent with his hatred of totalitarianism and dictators across the world, and I think it, it represented a real conundrum for him, i.e. You know he knows that Islamo fascism is a huge threat in the world, and it, it is, and it will be. I agree with him on that. Um, and um, <clears throat> but you know, obviously, I felt, and many millions of others felt, that maybe uh, we could deal with Saddam Hussein in another way. And the rush to war always seemed to many of us as a rushed to the oil fields and uh, the potential cash benefits and everything and seemed very little to do with uh, unseating a dictator that we'd been cozy with prior to 9-11. So, but uh, yeah, you know, it is it is something that uh, it's a black mark against his career, but what I admire is he stuck by his guns and he, he believed that. I disagreed, but there were, like I said, there were many other things that uh, we did agree on and... He was always entertaining. He always had a very sound argument, even if you disagreed with it. One more thing,
1: Kirk. So throughout the year I've been following the evolution of this thing called the humble indie bundle. Have either of you guys heard of this?
2: No, but I love I love the poetic nature of the name. Is that is that the
0: is that the monster in Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer?
1: Exactly. <laughs> So it's a software bundle uh but specifically it's you know these these software bundles you probably see around the web uh It seems to be more of a thing with Mac than it is with Windows, where independent software developers get together and they offer a bundle of software for one low price, and it promotes independent software developer, and people find new applications, and developers find new customers. This one specifically is for games, and uh, they're on to... It's bundle four, but they've had some mini-bundles in-betweens. They've done a bunch more than four bundles. Current one that's on is is bundle number four, and it's uh, seven games, and the thing is, they're cross-platform. They run on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and in most cases, in many cases, I should say, the um, bundle is the launch of these games on non-Windows platforms. So the bundle is actually funding development to get these programs onto non microsoft platforms um they're drm free in many cases you get the um steam key steam is a game distribution platform that's cross-platform that you can you know put in your key and download the client download the client put in your key and have access to the software on any computer that you can log in from regardless of whether or not it's installed there it's basically a drm done right um Pay what you want, and a portion of what you pay goes to charity, and you get to determine how much goes to charity and to which charity. And if that's not enough, they throw in the soundtracks for the games. Oh, wow. And so this is another variation of indie digital media, as we were talking about earlier with uh, Louis C.K. Uh, and really, it's, this could never happen with the big game companies. They just don't think this way. They don't work this way. They're not developing cross-platform games. They're not developing DRM-free games. They're not supporting charity. (laughs) They're charging a lot of money. Uh, And these indie game developers are really kind of gaining mind share and uh, new customers as a result of experimenting with these new business models. And uh, this has been going on. I think a little bit more than a year. The current one is, is Indie Bundle 4. It's on for another 7 days, 17 hours, and 3 seconds. And uh, this bundle has bit Trip Runner, which is addictive and retro and modern. It's really cool.
0: One more thing. So there's a podcast called Extra Hot Great, done by some of the people who started Television Without Pity. And on this podcast, every week they have a thing called The Canon. Which is, for TV shows, each week they decide whether or not a specific episode of a specific TV show is worthy to be on their list of the all-time greatest TV show episodes. This, by the way, is not where I stole the idea for the Loper Bebop Great Albums Hall of Fame. Except, of course, it totally is. A couple weeks ago, they discussed the merits of the Office episode, The Injury. And the reason I bring this up is that The Injury is of course, the episode of The Office with perhaps the worst example of product placement in TV history. It's the episode where Dwight and Pam discuss the Prism DuroSport, and that discussion is mentioned briefly in the podcast. This is always weird to us when outside people talk about the DuroSport Electronics Company, because as the millions of you who follow Medialoper know, the DuroSport Electronics Company is a sworn enemy of Loper. So any mention of them reminds us of their eternal clueless awfulness
1: so by extension is this other podcast a sworn enemy of our podcast no because they had no we don't have a sworn enemy yet and i think we need one i think if we have a sworn enemy it's the audio assault oh i'd rather hate these other guys <laughs> i have
2: no enemies
1: I, you made them sound really bad no 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 they were just talking they're talking about Prism Durosport. That's all I need to hear. Is I want to fight them already.
0: But they they, they get them <laughs> on the
1: phone. Now <laughs> call them.
0: Um all right Kirk, I'll get on that and maybe for next week. I'll 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 call people who have no idea who we are and mention something they have no idea they talked about
1: uh two or three weeks ago. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> Can I, oh, I I'll get I i about
1: the pot smoking raccoons while you're at it. <laughs> And
2: I want to give Kirk a heads up. Kirk, if you ever need some good internet uh, download speed, you should park your car in Jim's driveway. Okay, with his (laughs) password. Do you know why? Why? He has a download speed of 35 megabytes per second. Did you just check? Yes.
0: See, so I wasn't lying, was I?
2: Yeah, well, I had to check it just to see if you could read numbers properly, but you could.
0: And that does it for Media Lober Bebop episode 26, Washing Your Mouth Out with
1: SOPA. Thanks to Tim Gaskell. Thank you. And Kirk Biglione. Where's the cliffhanger? This is the season finale. Ooh.
2: Um. Join us next time when
1: you find Jim, out who
2: got killed.
1: Jim runs out <laughs> of beer. Someone one of us will not be here. <laughs> who will it be? Who won't it be? <laughs>
2: I was going to say it was was the quest for a beer run. (laughs) When we make it back from the store. I
0: I should like to point out, Kirk, that if you want to do a cliffhanger, that maybe we should have set it up earlier on. Like like
2: last
1: episode.
2: We should have dropped in hints. Like, so, are you going to take that job in Siberia?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, someone's got a gun. (laughs) Anything, anything in this podcast... Now if we do a clip-hanger, it'll just be capricious and, 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 and arbitrary.
2: Yeah, and totally fake.
0: Yeah. So, on behalf of Kirk and Tim... Oh, God, what is that?!